the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Difference Makers. Welcome. My name is Mike Lee, Director of Local Ministries for True Talk 800, 93.9 KPDQ, AM 860, The Answer, KPAM, La Patrona, 1640, 93.1 El Rey, and 104.1 The Fish. And I'd love to talk with you about getting more people back to your church, sharing about your ministry through our free online church directory and our church service live stream directory. Expanding your ministry or business beyond your walls, establishing yourself as an authority in your field, and becoming more known through radio. Building awareness of your company or outreach by hosting our events at your location at no risk to you. Marketing your message or brand directly to your target audience through the powerful online tools of Salem Surround. And most importantly, if your ministry leader or pastor could use a phone call, a word of encouragement, a cup of coffee, or connecting to others, please email me at mikelee at kpdq.com. That's M-I-K-E-L-E-E at kpdq.com. One of my favorite aspects about the job is getting to hang out with brothers and sisters in Christ. In this case, old friends Mike and Laurie Sheffield. They are the founders and leaders of Agape Marriage Ministry. You may remember them as hosts of Agape Marriage Connection, the radio program on our stations from 2017 through 2021. The podcast continues at agapemarriage.org. That's mm-hmm. agapemarriage.org. Lori also co-founded women's ministry Joy of It and co-hosted and produced for the Joy of It from 2015 through 2017. And I think about that in particular, Lori, because whether it's you on GarageBand or Andrew <laughs> Franco, who used to produce Revive Terry McNabb's five-day week ministry, mm-hmm. I'm telling you, you two normal people produced radio that was actually better than production houses that get paid to do well. this. So it's always been a pleasure working with you. So welcome, Mike and Lori. How well, are you today? Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. Um, you are right about her editing ability and sounding ability. She would sit and edit for quite some time for a half-hour show, and it sounded so good. I didn't know that I actually sounded that good. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I could cut out easily things I didn't want to hear. <laughs> Yeah, too bad we can't do that. I know, I know, I know. So are you continuing the podcast pretty much on the same regularity as you did the radio program? Are they more, less, longer, shorter, or what? That's a great question. We have changed a lot of the way we do a lot of things. Um, Since COVID and since Mike's retirement, Mike retired in January from his medical practice of 30 years. And we decided then that we were going to take six months of saying we're not going to say yes to anything for six months. <laughs> we're just going to kind of just ease into this and see, you know, what we want to do and what we feel called to do um, and what where the Lord was really leading us. And so we have just kind of, um, we've backed off on a lot of that stuff and just, we're just taking it a little bit slower. We found that uh, we were, we were truly, I think, burning the candle at both ends. And with the practice, with some of my administrative things, and with the involvement in church, with the radio and the podcast, we we realized that you know God gave us this retirement and uh, a blessing to basically kind of like His seventh day. We kind of wanted to rest, mm. and and so we've 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 been resting, and COVID kind of helped ease us into that rest. Actually, mm-hmm. uh, and we've seen a lot of different aspects of life both in ours and in our community as to what COVID has done from a rest standpoint and it's kind of exciting in one way um, and kind of depressing to think we got to a certain spot without somebody telling us we 
have to stop. Yeah, when you say COVID caused us to recognize rest, it was we didn't make the decision. I think there's a lot of things that you say yes to or that you do when you're not making the decision. And and there's like there's no way we're going to stop. There's no way we're not going to do this. And we're always striving to do everything better and make it more accessible or whatever it was. And when the government said, you know, everything stops and, you know, there's no groups and things like that, we were like, oh, someone else made that decision. And we recognized actually that this is a really good time. This is a good time to sit back and look and see what does the Lord have? What does the Lord really want us to do? You know, because I think we think we're always doing what the Lord wants us to do. You know, what what we've been called to do by answering yes. But um, I think that sometimes we are doing things just out of obligation or because we've always done it and we throw up a flippant prayer. Lord, are we supposed to be doing this? Okay, you haven't, you know, caused a cyclone in the room. So, yeah, I guess we move forward. And, yeah, it's been nice to not feel that pressure. You're not the only ones like that. I remember thinking back to my teen years where basically my prayer for God's direction became, stop me if you can, God. Otherwise, this is what I'm going to do. If I'm being completely honest, Mm -hmm. I do on his will, but pretty much my discernment level is zero. I joke that I'm the person who drives into the lake because the GPS said to. Yes. (laughs) The the GPS said to. I I must do this. Michael Scott did that on The Office. (laughs) (laughs) It must be true. Yes, exactly. The Office Theology, that'd be your next book. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, that's what I, she said. I, I just think so much has changed. So much has changed because of that. And and then we see this masks. I think it's changed relationships and it's changed the way that we do community. And I think it's just a time that we really do need to pause and listen. Lord, what direction do you have us going? What is it that you want us to do? We meet with lots of couples. We have lots of couples that are that are still desperate for help in marriage. I think this is this period. This last couple of years has been very difficult on marriages and families. And so we meet with them personally, and we're not having to say no or frantically figure out, okay, can we squish this into our schedule? Okay, yeah. if, we, if we don't bathe on Tuesday and don't <laughs> don't take the dog out, maybe we can squish another couple in, you know. And now we don't have to feel like that. Now we feel the freedom to joyfully meet with with people that are that are wrestling with stuff that just want someone to run things through um, that are going to point them back to Jesus. And, and I think your point, Mike, is a is a important one that. Uh, stop me if you can, God. Mm. And, you know, if you look through passages in the Bible, that's not really how any of the prophets or or Jesus or anybody said to do things. Um, we're, we're called to wait on God. Mm. And, and so many times we don't wait on God. We, we expect him to wait on us. And, and I think this whole kind of change in culture, society and whatnot, certainly for me personally, has caused me to kind of sit and wait and and see where are you truly leading me? Because I've been going 100 miles an hour, and I thought that's what you wanted. But I can tell you right now, um, it doesn't, in, in retrospect, that isn't what he wanted. No. So we're waiting. And I think I think that we also think, oh, wait, we're doing good things, or we're doing godly things, therefore it must be good. It must be right. And um, not to the point of, of crazy craziness. I, I don't I just don't think so. We get to say yes to our grandkids. We get to say yes to our children, um, to other couples that are wrestling with things. We get to say yes to you know what the Lord is leading us to do. I love it. It's been the best time of life ever. I'm so happy for you too. So educate people who might be newer to the area. Mm-hmm. You're both retired from the medical profession. Mm-hmm. So tell us what you did for the last thirty years before finally following through on your retirement. And I want to give some credit where it's due. When Agape Marriage Connection was still on the air, you don't bring attention to this, but you yourself chose a zero salary so that you could keep your staff going. And that, to me, is the sign of a servant leader. Mm. So congratulations. Thank you. I hope you're able to sleep in a little now that retirement has come your way. Right. Well, people ask all the time, so so what's the best thing about retirement? And I have uh, two pat answers. One is no alarm clock. And other than my own personal colonoscopy, I have not ever set an alarm clock since <laughs> since retiring. So I had to get I had to set an alarm clock to get up and do the prep. But, to go to your office. <laughs> to go to my own office for somebody else to do my colonoscopy on me. But uh so no no alarm clock is number one and number two is is no packed schedule. 
um, being able to kind of look at my day and say, okay, this is what we're going to do. But I was a physician, uh, gastroenterologist, um, in a very good practice, great, great partners uh, with the Oregon Clinic, Gastroenterology South. There's three GI groups in the Oregon Clinic, and we were the South group. And and uh, we moved up here from immediately from from um, Albuquerque. That's where I finished my training, and was in the same practice. And it grew from I was the fourth person, and the day I left, there were twenty um, partners. So uh, it was very busy practice. Uh, it was very um, it was very fun. I loved medicine. Medicine is definitely different now than when I when I uh, started, but it was time. I mean, we we knew. Um, both together kind of came to I say that we retired because we kind of came to that decision together and and really felt that the Lord was leading us to that mm-hmm. and so um, now we're we're still very involved in church um, we still do a lot of marriage I, I don't like the word counseling more mentoring I guess mm-hmm. is better is How about better coaching term. is that a coaching that would term? be yes mm-hmm. that would be good. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be good, and because so because people need to learn how to be married, <laughs> they do. Yeah, we still have, we still have have seen that, but I'm really enjoying. Uh, we we have a well, I, I'm going to call it a Sunday school class. Our church just changed it to adult Bible fellowship classes. Mm-hmm. So, but I grew up in a Baptist church, so it's always going to be Sunday school to me. But um, it's fun to be able to spend some real quality time in the Word and and really delving into commentaries and history and and uh, context more than I have had time to do before. That's another thing that I have really noticed is we're reading God's Word and, and enjoying it just because we get to. I think for so long, what one of the negatives that was happening is we were always preparing for the next thing. And so we were in God's word, but it was in preparation for what we were supposed to be sharing about that. And now it's we just get to delight in God's word and read it and enjoy it and see what he has to show us today rather than, okay, what do I have to do with this? Okay, I'll be speaking at this or we'll be doing this or we'll be going here. And now that's that's lightened up. And so it's been nice. And to that end, we... It, it makes me realize we should have been doing that anyway. Of course, <laughs> and but you don't know because you're just no, going. you don't. And and so I would encourage any listeners that 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 God's word is meant to be meditated on, yes, and and to be read and reread, and and it it is a it's a, a living, breathing uh, scripture, and we you don't see that if you're constantly preparing for the next thing right. rather than meditating on it. Again, that rest idea. Right. right. Funny you talk about learning to be in a marriage successfully takes time. Well, 25 years later, I got to attest to that. But my wife's been a rock star for this calendar year, and I don't know if COVID has had anything to do mm-hmm. with that. But my wife is simultaneously not a morning person mm-hmm. and not a night person. She <laughs> likes her sleep and probably requires hours more than the rest of the family claims uh-huh. to. But this year, she's been getting up 6 o'clock in the morning, wow. sitting in the corner, going through the one-year chronological Bible. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. And not just blazing through it, but also like writing down notes and journaling. And so yes. it's something I don't do. So right. Nice. So I think people would look at you and it's like oh they've got everything going yeah. for them they're a good looking couple look how beautiful their kids and grandkids are they live in a nice area you know mike was a doctor for 30 plus years it's easy for them mm. to find quiet time you know mike I'm just it's not s- easy for anybody is i'm it? gonna no, tell you i'm gonna it tell is you not i say all the time that that is a lie that satan wants us to believe that everybody else has it together but we don't every other marriage they're doing fine but we don't and it's and it's all those things that you said i we do have beautiful children we do have beautiful grandchildren but you know what they could be as ugly as snot and <laughs> we would think that you know <laughs> uh, if that I, i'm not allowed to say that that's that's the s word on on the radio. Uh, there's a lot worse but uh, <laughs> but we that it is always a struggle. It is always something that you have to be working at. I guess I don't want to say it's always a struggle. It's something that you have to consciously, consistently be working on and be aware of. Because, you know, our relationships with our children, that is something that you constantly have to, you know, pivot and work on and make sure that you're 
that you're saying the right things and not the right thing. I mean, we're thinking of things just like everybody else. But I, I honestly believe that that is just a lie from the pit of hell that everybody else has it together. Everybody else's marriage is good, but mine isn't. Or they've got everything. You know, you look at lots of couples that have lots of things and their marriages are a mess. So mm-hmm. it has nothing to do with the things that we have. It has to do with the relationship that we desire with Jesus. And when we follow what he tells us, when we follow his word, then I want to honor my husband. I want to do what he wants. I want to get up at six in the morning and sit in the corner and read God's word when I want to be in bed like your wife. I love that she's doing the chronological Bible. I did yeah. that I did that one year. And it it again, I, I said earlier, it, you, the Bible is meant to be meditated on. And, and it's another way of allowing you to see kind of um, a, a, a timeline of, of how this kind of all works together. It's more of a story at that point. Yeah. It reminds me a little bit of, uh, since we've been retired, you asked one other thing that we did. We've seen all 24 Marvel movies, and we have <laughs> oh, never... Oh, my goodness. Yeah, we, I, have, we have never sat down and watched that many movies before. We've been married but, 39 years, and I bet we haven't watched... We just we've never had maybe. time, maybe 10 movies in our whole life. And, and, and we, we, we sat down, and our kids were into the Marvel thing. We happened to watch this WandaVision thing that I didn't understand, and I didn't understand it because I didn't understand the Marvel Universe and this is how I'm relating it to the Bible, but <laughs> you can you can watch the movies in chronologic order in the sense of the, what they call timeline order, the way that not the way they came out, but the way that they are in the universe. And that's what your wife's doing with the Bible yeah. is is um, taking. You know, I remember doing that, and and the first five are all in order, and then all of a sudden it starts getting mixed up because there's a few psalms thrown in. And then, then you move on to another book, and then another some Psalms and and Proverbs. It's uh, it's a great way to read through the Bible in a year. And it's people have such strong opinions about the Marvel movies. You can't watch them this way. You have to do it this way. And I think we get caught up in that same thing with Scripture. Oh, for I sure. Think, you, know, you can't read the Bible that way. You're supposed to do it like this, or you have to do it like this. You know what? No, you don't. There aren't rules how you have to do it. What God is telling you to do. I love reading the Bible in chronological yeah. order. It genuinely. You see the story, how it's woven, and the whole way it's just pointing to Jesus. Great times with Mike and Lori Shefford. I want to get back to what you said on calling and taking the time to meditate mm-hmm. and listen for God, because I fail at that daily. Mm-hmm. I want my answers instantaneously. Yeah. I got a smartphone and right. Google. That's how I yeah. want God to talk to me. I want a neon light in the sky telling me which way to drive to work, you know? Right. So we're speaking with Mike and Lori Sheffield of Agape Marriage Ministry. You can find out more at the website agapemarriage.org. That's agapemarriage.org. Mike and Lori Sheffield return next on Difference Makers. Welcome back to Difference Makers. Mike Lee here with Mike and Lori Sheffield of Agape Marriage Ministry. And you can find out more about the ministry at agapemarriage.org. That's agapemarriage.org, which is spelled A-G-A-P-E, marriage.org. So tell us, how are Olsi and Pastor Jim Andrews doing at Lake Bible Church? Pastor Jim, of course, being the longtime host of The Final Word right. at the church that you have regularly attended for how long now? Since we've been in Oregon, so since 1993, yeah. so 28 years yeah. we've been there, and Jim and Alsi are, are doing great. He's actually in his 80s, believe it or not. Nobody can actually believe that when I no, say that. No, because he's just so energetic and sharp. Right. Mm-hmm. But uh, he continues to preach the word and uh, preach the truth, and basically, I have been under two pastors uh, my whole life, basically. Uh, one was Charles Swindoll in in Fullerton, California, when I was growing up, and the other was uh, is Jim Andrews, and both from Dallas Theological Seminary. Both of them very, very talented teachers of the Word and faithful to the Word. And so Jim and Alsi are doing great. Our church is kind of coming back in person. We are having in person services. We still have some streaming, but our Sunday school classes are much bigger than they were before. Uh, we've gone from two services to one service that has really brought an energy to the the worship service as well. And we have, there's still a WANA um, at Lake Bible Church. There's still a lively men's group, women's studies all throughout the week. 
So they're doing they're doing very very well, and and uh, he continues to preach the word, and I think we'll do so until the Lord calls him home. To tell yeah. you the truth, yep, yes. Lake Bible Church is a solid one. We love Pastor Jim's teachings, and it's located on Carmen Drive at Cruise Way in Lake Oswego. And you mentioned consolidating two services down to one. So yes. what time does Sunday service begin now? So we now have a worship service from 9.30 until 10.45, and then we go into our, um, again, I'm going to call it Sunday school classes, but we go into our adult Bible fellowship classes at 11 o'clock until 12.15. What we noticed is, like so many churches after COVID and do, watching church online, People were comfortable staying home and watching church online. And so we were noticing that it was like two completely different groups of people at the two different services. And you felt like you had, you never got to see anybody because of all the spacing. You know, we had to time out the, um, the services. So no, there was no crossing paths and that whole nuttiness that we've all been going through. And so we were desperate to see each other out, everybody in our church. I mean, I, I don't know how many times someone would say to us, Oh, I didn't know that you were still here. Like we had <laughs> gone somewhere because we were just not at the same service as them. And so it has actually been delightful to all be together. It's a little tricky because it's definitely more people, but it's been delightful to all be in one place at one time, hearing God's word together and yeah, worshiping it, together. There's, a, there's, an energy in, there's an energy in our sanctuary that we didn't have for a while, and I think COVID was kind of doing that. Yeah. And, and so it was a great decision to go to one service. We're starting a little later at 9.30 now instead of 9 o'clock, and most people leave the service and go to one of our That's fellowship, fellowship classes. classes. We have college age and we have uh, high school as well. So, you know, all the age groups are, are, are covered. And our, our uh, morning service is essentially a family service. So kids are welcome in the sanctuary, um, except till, I think, second grade, I think. Babies to second grade. Yeah. Uh, but But... All the other kids, we, we're we're big believers that we don't like to have the generational split of church where you know the kids have their own thing and they're not with the adults. So it's been uh, it's been really good to have kids in the service and and have a uh, energetic uh, worship time. And I personally love it because I a couple of weeks ago there was a little girl in front of us and she had one of those Yeti water bottles that are metal and it knocked over about eight times and rolled. <laughs> And the thing is, I thought, okay, at least it's not mine, and I'm not the only one now. But I love having the noise of the kids, and they're talking to their parents, and you know, coloring on their their pages of scripture if they're if they're wanting to be a little distracted or whatever. I love that we're all in there together. It, it's just it's wonderful to watch that. I think it's super important, actually, too. And and there was a lot of discussion about this. It's important, I believe, for children and young adults to recognize what. A church service really is because for so many years 20 30 years now we've had this kind of split where you know there's youth group and and sunday school and and they never step foot into into the sanctuary and then when they go off to school and college and everything else all of a sudden it's like well what is what is this guy preaching to me for i don't that's not anything I've recognized because they've never seen it. Yeah. And so I, I'm a huge believer of, you know, they're not going to get everything. Jim is, is very intellectual, but he's also very down to earth. Um, and they're not going to pick up everything, but they're going to pick up mm-hmm. what they're going to pick up. And they're going to see their parents worshiping with them, mm-hmm. which to me is probably one of the most important aspects of that whole mm-hmm. process. Mm-hmm. I would have to agree with you. And I'm leaning your way. I guess ultimately – why does God call us to church? He calls us to worship him, to learn more about his word, mm-hmm. to receive and to fellowship with other saints. And outside of that, I think there's a lot of room for interpreting things different ways, congregation to congregation. Right. However, I would agree with you that if we are conditioning a generation of kids to grow up through the Sunday school system, have their own separate little church, mm-hmm. Why should we be surprised mm-hmm. when, what is it, a third of the – when so many of the kids being raised in evangelical churches are leave yeah. in their college right. years? I mean, why should we be surprised about that? And I think that there's certain tactics and methods that we can take. I know Pastor Jared Strickland 
is fairly deliberate. So his Sunday school teaches a children's message of what he himself is teaching to the parents, I to the adults. Okay, I like that. Mm-hmm. And it's all incorporated. So when they get home yeah. and they're talking about it over dessert at night, yeah. they've got the same topic. Right, yeah. right. And I love that Something too. I've noticed from some of my teenagers, at least, is the statement that I'm closest to God when I'm doing worship music or I'm in an individual small group or Bible mm. study because we talk back and forth. Mm-hmm. It's not simply sitting down and trusting the person in front of me is called, qualified, and on. And the fact that you generally don't have too many pastors taking Q&A sessions during their message. Right. right. I think it takes perhaps a lot of the younger generation mm-hmm. off guard. Yes. I mean, in one sense, I think school, eventually college someday, you're not mm-hmm. going to question your professor in the middle of a biology class mm-hmm. very frequently. Mm-hmm. but. I really don't know what the perfect model is outside of fellowship and the word of God. And hopefully the Holy Spirit would give each and every person, no matter how young or how old, it's kind of like a Holy Spirit radar yes, or discernment to know, well, that is good. Kind of like eating fish, right? Yes. Keep the meat, spit out the bones, but that's kind of off mm-hmm. or there's an agenda behind that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, your church may vary, but – I have personally become a big fan of what I see a lot of Calvary Chapel pastors do, mm. which is book by book, chapter by chapter, yes. verse by I verse, because in my personal opinion, I think there's a lot less margin for error and a lot less uh, taking things out of context. Right. And I think most of us have seen, heard, or experienced a sermon that had an agenda behind it, yep. whether or not that was mm-hmm. even intentional. Right. You know, it's interesting because Jim, Jim is very expository. I mean, we're going through Matthew right now. We're getting kind of towards the end. But but he'll even say from the front often, um, you know, this is going to be a very difficult message, but I don't pick it. It picks me and mm-hmm. because he's going through and this is this is what we're mm-hmm. on. We're, we're on right now. And, you know, you're exactly right about having that instruction, but then also having a place where you can have the ability to ask questions and whatnot, which is kind of why we've developed at Lake this idea of uh, worship service and then going to the Bible fellowship classes, the Sunday school classes, because that's what's happening there. We're, we, Our group, uh, which we lead, is we're going through Acts right now. And, um, you know, it's interesting when you talk, what is the purpose of church? Um, to borrow from Swindoll's commentary, you know, the church is the bride of Christ. And and he says that we should be a good wife to Christ. And and he uses the, the term wife um, as an uh, acronym for worship, instruction, fellowship, and expression, expression being prayer. And that's what church is. Church is worship where we get to worship our Lord and Savior, instruction where we can hear uh, a, a message um, that is from the Word, fellowship together with communion, baptism, and whatnot, and then expression where we can pray and the Holy Spirit is with us. And and that can happen both in the sanctuary and in these these fellowship groups as well. So it, it is, um, it's kind of exciting to see, I think, uh, COVID, I think, has changed what church is. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the streaming thing. Like I said a little bit earlier, I think sometimes streaming was good for a short period of time, but I think it also gave people the impression that you went to church because you listened to some instruction. And based on what I just said, church is way more than just the instruction. But I also love that we have the addition of it. I mean, I was sick with a cold a couple of weeks ago. Oh yeah, and I didn't right. go. To, I didn't want to go to church because the last thing you want to do is cough in front of you know other people, especially anymore. But or have a runny nose or whatever. And I was able to watch church, and True. I was able to feel like I was part. But I knew that it was temporary. Right. I knew that I wasn't with my people. You know, I knew that I wasn't with my community. But I was able to worship. I think another thing that's happened at churches is we get very program driven, um, and we we're all about the programs, and we take our focus off of why we're there. I mean, marriage would be a real easy one to be be psychologically driven rather than scripturally driven. Mm-hmm. You know, how, how do you fix your marriage? You know, well, if I do this and I jump out this and, you know, jump up and down and spin around, maybe then my marriage will get better. And if you deepen your relationship with Jesus Christ, if you get to know him more, that's going to change your heart and change how your marriage is. Very true. I'm glad you brought that up, Lori. 
one of the things that you said earlier that stood out in my mind was sometimes we do things because we've always done them that yes. way. Mm-hmm. But it's not like we're calling on God fasting and praying, God, do you really want us to do another mm-hmm. Easter musical this year? Right. right. Or is this about me? Right. right. Or then again, the Bible talks about a wise man planning to build a house mm-hmm. yep. comes up with a, a plan, plan. Mm-hmm. and a list and strategies. Correct. So what's the balance between coming up with a plan and at the same time being flexible to how God is leading us through the Holy Spirit when that plan needs to be steered in a certain direction or changed or altered? I think if we always point back to Scripture, if we look at what is Scripture telling us about this, and that's our focus rather than how can we fix this problem or how can we incorporate this group of people into this, let's say, this church – and make them feel comfortable, and we take our eyes off of why we are there together, and that would be God's Word. And I I think it's super easy to do that. I mean, there's a lot of really good marriage information out there from people that don't know, you know, like Pastor Jim always says, Jesus from a bunny rabbit. And and so that's that's important. I think it's it's important to not take our focus off of what God's Word tells us about whatever it is that we're talking about. That has to be our, our guiding our, um, what do you call that point? You know, that's out in the horizon. Your true north. Or there, north. there yeah. you go. That's what I'm looking for. I, th- I think uh, it is a difficult, difficult balance because uh, we are called to plan. Um, I think it's really important if we have programs, if we whatever we're doing, whether it's a household thing or whether it's a church thing, that we're constantly checking in with the Holy Spirit, checking our hearts to know. Is this still what God wants me to do? Because usually what happens, certainly with me personally, is I think this is what God wants me to do, so I know how to do that, and I'm going to do it. Rather than, I think this is God, what God wants me to do, and and then letting him lead during the whole process rather than just saying, okay, do this thing, and then and then, then go. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a, a um, oh, a little, um, I don't even know the right, I can't think of the right word about um god called god called a man to push a, a stone up a hill and so he worked so hard trying to get this this stone up a hill and he couldn't get it up to the top of the hill he just kept pushing pushing he tried crowbars he tried everything to get it to move up the hill and finally wore out to the point and sat down and said god i i can't get this to move any further and God says, I didn't ask you to move the rock. I asked you to push against the rock. And 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 so the the man thought, oh, God told me to get this thing to the top of the hill. That's not what God told him to do. He wasn't listening. He he wasn't he he heard one little tiny thing and then made up his mind what God wanted in the end. And I think to me, that's where our planning gets messed up, is that we think we know where God wants us to end. And we're supposed to check back all the time and make sure we're going in the right direction that he wants us to go. And the end of that story is then God tells him, you know, look how much stronger your arms are. Look how much stronger your back is. Look how much stronger your legs were. Mm -hmm. That was what he was trying to strengthen him in an area that the man wasn't expecting. I think that's called a parable. Not a biblical parable. That's just a parable. (laughs) Okay, thank you. (laughs) I I couldn't remember the Uh word. Uh (laughs) Great advice from Mike and Lori Sheffield. A quick question about your agape marriage ministry. Mm -hmm. Is it strictly for couples who are already married? Or is it for couples who are, st- who are dating, courting, starting to get serious, but they haven't yet walked to the aisle? That's a great question. You know what? We have met – we do a lot of pre-marriage um, – again, Mike doesn't like the word counseling, nor do I – a lot of pre-marriage mentoring and working with couples before coaching, they're married. Coaching, guiding, there, coaching That's the word. Yeah. That's right. Uh, <laughs> coaching. But actually – I think the the biggest falsehood is always that it's marriages that are really in desperate trouble, and that's not the case. It's it's for before you're married, after you're married, when you've gone through you know whatever all the different stages that you've gone through. Kids, no kids, kids in school, you know, empty nest. We would just want to build up your marriage in God's word, and so if it if it's beforehand, getting you ready, getting you prepared to move into marriage, um, post all of it, any of it. Most of our most of our stuff has been primarily to couples that are already married. Uh-huh. But the interesting thing is, most of the couples we're talking to and teaching say, "I wish I would have known this before yes. I got married." Yeah. So it can be applied. Anything we do, anything we say, mm-hmm. can be applied to 
premarital ideas as well. I think it's important for couples that aren't yet married to get counseling of some sort, usually pastoral, uh, before they enter into marriage. Super important to have um, some of those expectations uh, made into reality sometimes. We still, to this day, we have been married 39 years. It'll be 40 next year. We still, to this day, remember two or three conversations from our premarital classes we had with the pastor that married us. And the issues that he said we w- might have still come up. Yep. Yep. But the beauty is, is we were given a little bit of a a little bit of a, a flashlight to enlighten those. So we now see them as, oh, remember Larry told us this was going to happen. I just, I just think of so many of the couples that we work with, and I think to myself so often, if we could have just gotten to them before they were yeah. married or before they made some of these decisions. I, I think money is a huge one. We see couples all the time with separate accounts, and, and they keep, you know, what's mine is mine, what's yours is yours. And what, that me- what message that sends to someone oh. is that they've got one foot right out the door all the time. It's an easy, you know, and I think we even had one husband one time say, well, you know, what if we ever got divorced? What? Then I, you know, I want it would, I wouldn't have to untangle all that. And I think I just want to smash my head against the desk. And I think you know, if we could have just talked to you sooner, because the message that you're sending then to your spouse is, you know, I'm I'm half in. You know, I'm most of the way in. Wow, great wisdom. Check out agapemarriage.org for more wonderful tidbits and information. That's agapemarriage.org. More with Lori and Mike Sheffield next on Difference Makers. <laughs> You're listening to Difference Makers. My name is Mike Lee, and I have the privilege of hanging out with a couple of mentor friend types in Mike and Lori Sheffield, the founders and leaders of Agape Marriage Ministry. And they used to host Agape Marriage Connection on our stations, and the podcast continues at agapemarriage.org. That's agapemarriage.org, leading you to wonderful sources and resources about biblical marriage. Mm-hmm. So. We were talking about how there were some couples that you have mentored or coached over the years that you said, I just wish I'd gotten to them a little bit earlier. Mm. So what are some yellow flags or red flags that we need to be aware of? Because I think about a couple I knew back in our 20s and 30s group back in New York where I moved out here, and they took a premarital Mm. class together and both productive members of the church, Mm -hmm. love the Lord, good-looking couple, Mm -hmm. after which point... They decided God did not call them to get together. Mm. So they split fairly mm. amicably from what I could see. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the man ended up marrying another woman, and they're just perfect together. Mm. So I think sometimes we're so intent on focusing on what we think is good mm. that we don't really seek God on this because yes. we don't want him to tell us otherwise. Right. So what cautionary tales do you have to share with people who might be on the road to marriage they think. Great question. I, I had a lady uh, this past Sunday, actually, that was talking to me, and um, I guess my answer, direct answer would be, make sure Christ is in it from the very, very beginning, and make sure you're both equally yoked from the very, very beginning. That's okay, church so word. that church speak Yeah, for. that's church speak. Equally yoked is church speak for that you both have the same beliefs. You're both in Christ. You're both saved. Um, or maybe both unsaved. But where you're going to end up with a problem is when one's saved and one isn't. And it, it was an interesting story that this lady told, and they've been married 15 years or so, and and what brought them together was their um, distaste for church. Mm. And so they both dislike church, and yes, I dislike church too, and they got together. Well, one or two weeks before they got married, she became a Christian actually, and has continued to walk with the Lord, he does not and is actually anti-church, and that's part of the problem. So if there's a single single most important thing, it's being equally yoked. Mm-mm. Then I think the other thing is to recognize that you are going to be now one in Christ. You're going to be one person. You should think as a couple, you you don't think as my things and her things anymore. Mm. 
Don't you think that that's a significant problem we see, especially with younger couples today? I definitely would say that 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 is a big problem. And also the other thing I think that would be another big red flag, either before marriage or in the beginning of marriage or whatever, is looking around and assuming that everybody else's marriage has something that yours doesn't. Because Mm -hmm. then we start lusting for or wishing for something else. And it could be something as simple. It doesn't have to be, you know, being unfaithful. It could be something as simple as, man, they have the perfect house and look how it's decorated. And oh, look how their kids behave. And oh, their kids get to go to private school. Whatever it is, we look at other things. And then what we start focusing on is how can I make our situation like that situation? Because that one looks really good. Again, we take our eyes off of what we need to be looking at. I think your point of um, thinking is one. We often said on our radio show, you know, you're a team and you've got to think mm-hmm. of yourselves as a team. On a baseball team, you know, the, I don't know. I hate using sports analogies because I, I, so, I do it so badly. <laughs> but, but the center fielder can't be out in center field wishing the whole time that he was the shortstop because it's just not going to work. He's got to keep his mind on what he's supposed to be doing, right? Was that good? Yeah, that's How good. Was that? that was pretty good. Yeah. So that was an appropriate yeah, an appropriate World uh, Series response. is baseball. I yeah, it is baseball. That's right. <laughs> but but uh, the oneness, the oneness thing, I think um, doesn't get enough play. Actually, no, to tell you You're the right. truth, and You're right. and when you look at scripture, it it's it's on the first page. Basically, when men and women come together, you you leave your mother and father and cleave together. Um, we call it the leave and cleave verse, and and so often we see. The mother and father still involved in the lives yep. of the children, or yeah. um, or they haven't yet come to the recognition that I I can't just I'm not just going to go off and golf today. I've got to check with with my wife to say is it is it okay for me to go off and golf, or do you have other plans? It's it's this mindset of thinking as a couple rather than as an individual. Well, I'm thinking of their needs more than your needs. Oh, 100%. I think that's what we get so caught up in. It's all about me. You know, I'm annoyed right now because of this or that. And it's it's not all about me. If you think of it as all about us and what's going to benefit us in this, you're just going to approach everything in your marriage differently. You know, Jim Andrews wrote a book, um, Marriage Without Remorse, I think it's Uh called. Uh And he gets asked, they've been married now, uh, this past August, uh, have been married... 63 years, I believe, something like that. And he said that people ask all the time, what's the one single thing you can do to have a successful marriage? And of course, he has a whole book on it. But he said, you had mentioned it earlier about servant leadership. He said the single best thing you can do is wake up in the morning and think, what can I do for her tomorrow? Mm. Or not tomorrow. What can I do for her today? And tomorrow's good. And tomorrow's good too. (laughs) But what can I do for her? Not like, what am I going to do? But what can I do for her? And to having make her that, day better. To make her day yeah. better. Having that servant's heart, I think, is super important to that oneness idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You brought up an analogy earlier about how Christians are the bride of Christ, which mm-hmm. in my head fits alongside this. So yes. When I got married, I heard, heard these, they make these different little pseudonyms or analogies mm-hmm. or little diagrams and things like that. So one was a triangle and God's yes. at the top right. and you're one – corner and your spouse is the other corner and the closer you both get to god the better which is true right and and other advice i'd heard it would be like oh well marriage ought to be a 50 50 thing Mm -hmm. and then after that i'd heard well biblically marriage ought to be 100 100 Mm -hmm. and obviously you never want anyone abused or manipulated no correct that's kind of common sense Right. right and if someone's going that direction then you need to get help. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. So if, if someone calls the Bible verse about um, submitting mm-hmm. and they call it against you versus on them, then I think that's a major yellow flag. Mm-hmm. So it's I had a conversation with someone who said, I would be fine if she would just submit more. Mm. And kind of a yellow flag Mm. before their eventual Mm. divorce. And and that saddened me. Mm. That's more of a red flag, I think. Yeah, (laughs) kind of beyond a red flag. I was trying to be polite. I think that submission word, that is such a hard one. That gets such bad press. And really what it is is it's yielding to one another. It's it's always thinking of their best. It's not getting down on the floor under the rug and being stomped on. And they're, they're very, very different things. But I think society has led us to believe that there has to be, a, you know, a boss. There has to be a leader. And 
I, I don't, I think if you think of yourselves as a team, but there does have to be someone that's giving, that's honoring, want, ah, I don't know where I, I want to go with that. I think you I'm, have to I'm play certain it roles. It's, it's like yes. the Bible verse about the eye shouldn't worry about the ear. ear Correct. Shouldn't worry about yeah. the Correct. foot. You yeah. were saying the center fielder shouldn't uh, long for nine innings wishing he was the starting pitcher with mm. a shortstop. Mm. Right. Mm. No, it's interesting. It's interesting but because I love it when somebody says to me, I think she should just submit more and things would be better. <laughs> because that comes from Ephesians five twenty two through 33, which is kind of the... Uh, wives and husbands, that's the love and respect part of, of uh, marriage. But everybody always forgets that that passage actually starts in Ephesians 5.21. And 5.21 says, submitting to one another out mm-hmm. of reverence for Christ. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, a lot of times we'll get husbands that'll say, I think my wife should submit more, blah, blah, blah. And I will always come back and say, what does the verse before that say? Mm. You have to submit to one another Mm. because of your reverence for Christ. If Mm -hmm. Christ is in your marriage, you're going to – I am am going to submit to her. Mm. And the other thing about submission that's interesting, if you look at the word – the word submission is is not the doormat like Mm. you were talking about. It is is, um, voluntarily putting yourself under – And so when verse 21 of Ephesians 5 says, submit to one another, I as a husband voluntarily submit, put myself under my wife for her needs because of my love for Christ. Well, and another way to look at it is we submit to God's word. And so what that looks like is what does it mean submitting to God's word? I want to honor what God's word says with regards to whatever it is that I'm talking about ignoring sin or or going a different direction. I want to submit to God's word because I want to be in a deeper relationship with him. Not mm-hmm. not because I feel like I have to or I'm going to get knocked on the head. That's a great point. But, but it deepens that relationship when I'm when I'm trying to honor what God's word is saying mm-hmm. rather than trying to, you know, work around it, step around it. Right. Good points, Mike and Lori Sheffield of Agape Marriage. So I want to change gears here because you both are retired from the medical profession. Mm-hmm. All right. We talked about submitting to our spouses. Mm -hmm. So can you parallel that with how to submit to authority that God's placed over us this day and at the same time not being a doormat and using common sense and education? So how do we as Christians live in this world and treat each other lovingly but not being afraid of truth or, gee, opinions that might stray from the mainstream boy isn't that true we're not allowed to have opinions that are different from somebody else's it causes an you know a total ruckus if you if you think differently i honestly believe that part of the problem with a lot of this i will answer your question but first i will qualify it with this i think this wearing masks has given us permission to behave and act however we want i remember when it first started I didn't even think I had to wear makeup to go out to the grocery store, you know, which is sounds so Actually, you silly. don't have to. I, I don't. Thank you. <laughs> I, I think my point was I could I felt like I could even go unshowered, a bad breath, un, you know, not brushing my teeth, whatever, because I was hiding behind, literally hiding behind a mask. Mm-hmm. I, you know, and I'm, I'm joking a little bit, but but I'm not. And what that has done has caused all of us to. I think we think now that we can say whatever we want to whoever we want, however we want. We're hiding behind social media. We're hiding behind, to our point earlier, we were talking about, you know, um, sermons being delivered online. So we're, we're not, we're not in amongst people having true relationships. And so we're, we're allowing ourselves to behave however we want. And we've taken the focus off of, again, how we should be behaving. And that's in a loving manner. And so someone that's loving, we don't have to think the exact same, even in marriage. We don't have to do things the exact same way to still love how they're wanting to do it, how they're willing to honor that. Yeah, it's a very, very difficult um, uh, kind of road to walk on to 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 consider, you know, there's there is certain authority if we're talking about, you know, governmental authority or whatnot, or even our neighbor authority. I'm drawn back to the verse, I think it's in Matthew, where Jesus boils down the Ten Commandments into two commandments, which is love your Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. And I think because of what Lori just said, it's true. 
somebody has a different opinion than us, we forget that that we're supposed to love that person as our, ourself. But the the difficulty that I'm actually struggling with as far as governmental authority and you know, um, especially with regard to churches and things like that, where where is that line? And and it's a it's a difficult line. I, I think it's one of those things where it takes constant prayer, it takes constant wisdom. I think it's important though to remember that we are to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, and mind, and our neighbor as ourselves. And keeping those two things in mind will kind of help with the authority issue in our attitude, right? We can disagree. We can disagree politically. We can disagree culturally, whatever. But we still have to continue to love our neighbor as ourselves. The problem really gets to the point of when you have to call out truth. Mm. And how do you call out truth in a loving way? Mm. And that's where Lori has a lot more grace than I do. I don't call out truth as lovingly as she does. <laughs> but I think it's super important for us to learn to continue to love the Lord our God and know the truth, yet still love the neighbor at the same time. I don't have a magic answer for that. It's something I struggle with on a daily basis. Um but I think it's something to keep in mind as to how to get through life. I think that we often think that truth is is different things, too. I find myself – my kids have held me accountable to this. I won't tell the truth about something because I don't want to hurt someone's feelings. For instance, like, Mom, when are you going to be here? I'll be there in 10 minutes. Well, I'm 45 minutes away. How am I going to be there in 10 minutes? And so they're quick to call me out. Mom, that's not helpful. You know, if you're going to tell – and I'm and I'm thinking, oh, but I don't want them to feel bad. I don't want them to think that I, this wasn't important or whatever it was. And so we twist things up in our heads. And I think handling truth with grace, we do need to be honest with each other. But we have to be okay if someone doesn't agree sure. with what that is. Yeah. And that's, I think, a hard, that is a hard line. Mm-hmm. Great biblical practical advice from Mike and Lori Sheffield of Agape Marriage Ministry. Find out more details at their website, agapemarriage.org. That's mm-hmm. agapemarriage.org. Lori, Mike, on the way out, is there anyone you want to say hi to or send a shout out to? Oh, my goodness. Our grandbabies, Chloe, Maverick, Jackson, and we have one more on the way. Yep. Due in March. Oh, congratulations. Thank you so much for your friendship, your mentoring, and what you do with Agape Marriage. Mm. And thank you for listening to Difference Makers. Mm. Thank you, Mike. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.